Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers with your host, Peggy Smedley. Welcome back to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. I'm your host, Peggy Smedley. Our next guest today has done a considerable amount of work in the construction space when it comes to sustainability. At Clarkson University, he teaches courses and executes research and work in an array of topics related to the built environment. Please welcome Eric Backus, Lead AP Director of Construction Engineering Management at Clarkson University. Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you, Peggy. Great to be here. So, Eric, you know, we've been talking all morning now about, you know, sustainability and trying to kind of maintain this low carbon footprint. And I guess I'm going to ask you kind of the same thing. Why do we need to keep this low carbon footprint and why is it so important today? Well, I think the, there's clearly good evidence in the scientific community regarding climate change. It's obviously having some negative impacts um, in a lot of different parts of the nation. And so thinking about how we can minimize the, the carbon that's obviously been shown in the scientific research as being a leading cause of that climate change is really important. And I think the other part of it is it gets back to corporations and companies and even everyday homeowners really have to think about the cost of doing business in terms of uh, what, being in our economy. And, and certainly energy costs, uh, the cost of waste, uh, the cost of, uh, that you can avoid by, by doing certain behaviors are things that everybody's kind of interested in doing so that they can uh, assure that they're going to have a better, brighter future. And, and reducing our, our carbon footprint is going to be part of that because the, the, the more we uh, look at things in the future, the more things are going to cost based upon uh, the things happening with climate change. So let's think about that. Are we getting better at having energy-efficient design that really leads to a lower carbon footprint? Are we really truly doing that, or are we just talking about doing it? I mean, are we really seeing designs that lead to what we can truly say is a better carbon footprint? I, I would say the answer is pretty, pretty strongly yes. I think we're seeing, especially in the, the building construction side of the house, that we're building buildings today with uh, much better building envelopes. We're building them with better uh, equipment in the building to operate their heating, ven- uh, ventilation, and air conditioning. Um, and a lot of that's really tied back to owners demanding for us to think about life cycle thinking and thinking about the total cost of ownership. Because as they go forward with a variability in, say, oil prices, you know, they don't want to be shocked with, uh, you know, five, six years from now with high oil prices. They're going to really drive their bottom line in a way they really don't want to have uh, affect their business. So th- we're starting to see this um, across the board. Uh, you know, many lead buildings are showing great performance uh, as an example. But other things, other ways of looking at energy efficiency are really driving the market today in the construction world. So let's talk about technology. Is there technology that's helping us drive this initiative to, you know, energy efficiency design, this low-carbon footprint? Is there things out there that you say – that's helping the construction marketplace, designers, builders, contractors, this whole collaborative approach that's out there right now. We talk about BIM a lot, you know. Is there things out there that you say is really having a great impact on what's happening? I will say without a doubt, the ability to have um, much more robust uh, data that allows you to develop that information is probably the biggest driver that's happening technology-wise. Our ability to understand how buildings or infrastructure elements, whether it be roadways or pipelines, how they're performing in an almost instantaneous way, we're not quite there yet, but we're getting close, is really 
a game changer technology wise and so uh, we can understand you know what that insulation performance is going to be in a wall we can understand much better how the moisture moving through a wall is affecting uh, the materials and how they thermally perform so i think that's certainly a huge part of it i mean there's other technologies that are minimizing use of energy or minimizing use of materials in the construction of those projects there's other ones that allow for us to collaborate better. And you mentioned BIM. That's a great example of a way to help uh, project teams come together around one model that helps build the project and eventually deliver it to the owner in a way that really allows for collaboration. Um, and then there's things that are starting to learn. Uh, we're learning that help us predict better outcomes in the future. So I think but all this really is driven by information, how well we can understand what's going on. And we know that a lot better today thanks to technology that's been developed to understand every uh, almost every iota of what happens in a, in a building or piece of infrastructure. But let's talk about data. You know, everybody talks about big data. Everybody's now talking about the Internet of Things. And how well are we using the data that's out there? I mean, we talk about using data for infrastructure right now, talking about how well a structure is. And we know things are... Are we actually using the data that's there? We talk about the data. We talk, we see this. But do we truly know how to extrapolate the data to really maximize the information that's there? Or we're talking about it, but we haven't learned how to really use it to our advantage yet to really make those real-time decisions that are going to be so valuable that we know when a bridge is going to collapse. or we know something and we know the materials that are going to be sustainable for the future. Or we're just, it's such a nuance yet, we're just not there yet. Well, I will say the old adage of uh, construction or the built world being uh, data-rich and information-poor is, is probably still uh, a fairly accurate depiction of kind of where we're at. We're getting better, um, and in certain places we're, we've made some significant strides, but there's a lot more that can be done. It is hard to find uh, the, the, the needle in the haystack, the, 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 the true message within the noise. Um, but thanks to analytical tools, a lot of data analytics, um, and learning from things like informatics, which, you know, for instance, the healthcare industry has done a lot of work in being able to provide better healthcare outcomes by future of using data. We're learning from that. Uh, we just finished a study, for instance, on understanding how we can uh, use informatics uh, better in facilities. And there's actually a white paper from a group called APA that I'm a part of that you can read that helps you understand how, how informatics can in- inform and make better facility decisions. So we're getting better. We're not there yet, but uh, we're on that, that route to that place. Well, how long is it going to take? I mean, we always say we're on that road. How long is that road? It's kind of like saying, you know, autonomous vehicles. Everyone says, hey, we're going to have a driverless cars, but we're at level two and we want to get to level five. You know, we're, we're a long ways off yet to get to that level. Where are we now when we talk about this right now, where we want to be in an energy efficient design and a low carbon footprint in the construction industry? I think um, we're, we're getting we're on a cusp of a, a pretty radical change. Uh, if you look at um, automation and buildings for today, we're already at the point where we can sense pretty much uh, every aspect of what's going on. Um, it's it's to the point where I think in the next five years you're going to see a really significant sea change in how well buildings specifically are managed. And I would say key pieces of infrastructure, for instance, pipelines, electrical grid, is really going to be uh, dynamically changed by being able to use this data much as well. I don't think we're that. We've got a long ways to go, but I think you're going to see in the next five years for sure uh, a radical change in how we think about this and how much we can really use the data uh, usefully to, to make those impacts, low, imp- low carbon, but also just from a materials perspective, how much less we'd have to use to build things and, and maintain those things going forward. 
Are we going to retrofit a lot of things? Is that what we're talking about? Or is it mainly all new construction? So where are we going? I mean, because earlier we talked about retrofitting, but where do you see this mainly occurring? I think it's I think it's uh, both and. I don't think it's either or. Um, but I would say more and more is going to be done in the retrofit world. As we know, we have an aging infrastructure across the country. Um, as we go to do the replacements, we're not going to be replacing them in kind. Actually, the idea of replacing in kind is a, very much a misnomer. We're going to be replacing them and retrofitting them in ways to, to make them up to standards we need to have for the future. So, um I see this is more probably retrofit long term, but in the me- meantime, probably new construction is going to start seeing those impacts first, only because they're easy test beds to prove that these technologies and these um, use of information can really make an impact. So where will you see it? You talked about you know electrical kind of things like that, the grids. Are we going to see them in healthcare? What types of industries? Are we going to see this occurring most in? You know, we in last segment we talked about things that are affecting it. You know, aging in place. What kind of things are going to impact most of this change and the sea change that you reference? Well, I think, frankly, uh, the manufacturing sector will will be certainly um, impacted pretty quickly, mainly because. Um, they're already making innovations. Uh, Colgate-Palmolive, for instance, is extremely interested in making its plants and, and, and its infrastructure to support its uh, products much more efficient, uh, both from an energy perspective, but also in terms of the material resources they're using so that they can uh, drive for a better, you know, better bottom line. So I think that's going to be a huge part of it, uh, any part of the manufacturers. I think the other part of the sector, frankly, is going to be in Areas where we see significant um, investments being made. I, certainly, uh, healthcare is one of those. I think the other one will be in the uh, kind of the housing stock, especially for, uh, say, illicit living facilities, things as we have the aging, because we have to make those infrastructure, uh, those, excuse me, those um, investments in those kind of facilities in order to meet the needs of the populace, which is, which is aging. So I think those are certainly areas to look at. It. And I would say also um, our educational institutions across the nation will certainly be leaders in this as well, where you start seeing them make those investments along the lines, uh, along the way. Eric, the interesting thing you indicated about manufacturing, I think, would make sense because a lot of those manufacturing facilities have to catch up in order to compete in the Internet of Things. So they have to take yep. a lot of those operations to update those and maybe not throw out the baby with the bathwater in order to try to compete. Is that why you're saying they're going to have to do a lot of that internal kind of things and retrofitting a lot of things that they have because they can't start from scratch? Is that why you're seeing a lot of that? Absolutely. You know, they have to, their, their bottom line is what comes off the production line. And so when you shut down a plant for any period of time, that's dollars lost every minute it's down. So you've got to be able to figure out a way to do things, if you will, on the fly. And I think, frankly, another part of the sector is, is the uh, agribusiness sector. Uh, as we start producing, agri- you know, to turn agri-old pro- projects into produced uh, goods that go out to market, those are other areas that you're going to see. Again, if they're not producing, you know, canned foods that get off the line, if Campbell's can't do that, then uh, gosh, they're losing money. So they're going to have to be able to figure out ways to do this. And to compete against uh, you know, other uh, manufacturers, they're going to have to have these things lean, mean, and ready to go. So I think that's where we're going to start seeing these things uh, very dynamically. Eric, we're out of time, but thank you for being with us, and we wish you continued success. Thanks a lot. 
Thanks, Peg. Really appreciate it. All right, listeners, stick around. We've got more to come right here on ConExpo, ConAg Radio. Stick around. Um, you could check out our website at aem.org or ConExpo, ConAg. And remember, we said the expo is starting again March 7th, 2017. Start registering for that. Stick around. This is always ConExpo, ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. If it's new, it's here. We'll be right back right after this commercial break. Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner. The book Martha Beck calls required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and ebooks are sold and visit harrietlerner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. Thank you for listening to WS Radio. Improve your business and your life with useful information from experts and thought leaders. WS Radio is radio with ROI. You take your smartphone almost everywhere you go. Now WSRadio.com can be there too. Search WS Radio in the Play Store for your Android devices or iTunes for Apple and download the WS Radio application. WSRadio.com, on your phone and in your ear, everywhere you go. Download the WS Radio application. Do it now. It's very easy. WSRadio.com. Come join over 130,000 construction industry professionals in March 2017. ConExpo ConAg 2017 is North America's largest construction show. Explore over 2.5 million square feet and imagine what's next with over 2,500 exhibitors. Get the details at ConExpoConAg.com slash future and join us as we take this to the next level. Small businesses are the lifeblood of America's economy. Every Thursday, SBA Radio interviews industry professionals and is dedicated to provide small businesses with timely insights and innovations. Visit www.sbaradio.us for details. Hi, Scale listener. This is David Finkel, co-host with Jeff Hoffman of Scale Your Business. I wanted to let you know that our newest book, Scale, was just released and to encourage you to get your copy. The book will give you seven proven principles to grow your business and get your life back. If you've ever wanted to grow your business, but held yourself back from fear that it would take over your life, then we urge you to get your copy of Scale today. It'll give you a proven roadmap for rapidly growing your business while also gaining more personal freedom. Scale will help you work less by getting your business to produce more. Scale is for every entrepreneur who ever wondered if they really own their business or if their business owns them. Get your copy online or at your local bookseller. For more information, visit us online at ScaleYourBusinessToolkit.com. That's ScaleYourBusinessToolkit.com. 